Hello and welcome to episode three of Tick with a Side of Tets. And it's episode three, so we finally have Tets. He's going to join me here in a second. And this podcast, we've had uh, Graham Dillette was the number one. Then we had Scotty Hartnell. Uh, I'm a hockey guy, so there will obviously be a lot of hockey guys. But we had Graham Dillette, which is a golfer. We're going to have, uh, I got Benny Hebert coming up, an Olympic curler. So we're going to have all spectrums. We're going to have lots of comics and that. But the reason I got Tets, Tets is a former NHL tough guy, but ended up being one of my best friends growing up. And not only that, just one of the funniest guys. So uh, either way, if he didn't go to the NHL or he did, it didn't really make a difference. I always just thought he was one of the funniest guys. And I always, when I knew I was going to do a podcast, wanted him alongside. And why do a podcast now when there's a million podcasts? Because uh, I got no job and it's isolation time. So when your back's to the wall, you got to do something. But I think we're going to be a little bit different because we're not going to be a, all hockey. We're not going to be all one thing. We're going to be all over the spectrum, but uh, it's just who I am, and there's going to be lots of hockey. So I am now going to bring in my uh, best buddy here, Stinko Tedarenko, Draft Pick 3000, Joey Tedarenko. Welcome, buddy. Episode 3, and your name's on there, but you're the side of Tet. So uh, here you are. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I... Uh finally glad to be a part of it a lot of hype episode three i don't know if i could have waited any longer yeah it's good to have you here well now like what we're gonna do i think we're gonna do you know uh some stuff at the beginning because the other interviews we went right into it so i would like to have you each time on board even though you might not be on board with all the interviews and that so uh we will do that and it's good we're, yeah, on, we're on a video side. one i can I'm see just, you i'm just the side i'm just the potato salad <laughs> Yeah, you are. But look at that, Matt. I can see you on. It's almost like I need those people that have two screens because your head's pretty big, man. So it's almost like, and if you guys don't know this, Joey Tedarenko is from a small town outside of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan called St. Louis. And they put up uh, Rich Pilon, another NHLer from St. Louis. And when you make it, it's like home of, and they put a piece of plywood. And I think they might have actually just traced your head on there. That's how big your head is. Yeah, they had me uh, come into town and actually lie down for a second. I said, what are you guys doing? And they had, uh, they just had a big magic marker they did right around my head, and then they had somebody uh, ch- chisel me into to my own imprint. So, so uh, I didn't know if 4 by 8 was going to be big enough, So, but that's all that, that uh, Warehouser had at the time. <laughs> oh, that's great. And the thing I do uh, pretty much each – each episode, like I've just hammered out a bunch. Uh, we're we're at the third one. Is just how I met the person that I'm interviewing, but just how we met. Uh, you were, geez, we'd have been like both third, maybe thirteen years old. You were out in St. Louis, but I'd never played hockey against you. And we had this super team in Pee Wee AA where we weren't even in a league. Like we was like a traveling team. We went fifty five and four, one provincials. This crazy team, and then you have this zone tournament after the season's done. And we were picking up, like, one player from Nipwin, and then you came in, and we're like, who is this guy? And you came in, your bag was tiny, so I just, just, and you were gigantic, like, you were twice the size of us. And your bag was tiny, so I thought you were just this guy going to put on the scrimmage or something, because I thought you just have a helmet and skates in there, because your bag was so small. And then you, out of your helmet, you started pulling out shin pads and, and, and like, upper equipment. I was like, who is this guy? What's going on? He's like 6'1", 250. I, it was always a little bit large for my uh, for my age. A lot of people have to to fill out. I uh, I'm actually one of those guys that always had to, uh, you know, cut down 
uh, even when I was at, at Peewee, I think I was, you know, like you said, six, one, maybe uh, a little bit short for my weight by about three feet, but uh, <laughs> they were hoping that I'd grow into it some way, somehow. And yes, I did have the smallest bag hockey bag ever in the history of, of hockey. It was a, it was a somebody, something that a badminton player would actually haul around. I think. Oh. Yeah, it was tiny bag and uh, big old head, and then you went on. So we went from there. We picked you up, and you were so much better, which is crazy. I don't know how good you'd have been in whatever Division C you were playing in, because you're the best player in the Double A league, and you're coming out of St. Louis. You must have just absolutely dominated guys. Like what? What? What yeah, provincial always, division were you guys in? Uh, I I remember going like provincial C or D. Our community was so small. We had to team up with with a bunch of other small communities around just to make a team. So it was whatever we could get. And then by population size, even St. Louis only being about 400, 450 people, you know, we were playing against some other really small centers around Saskatchewan. So yeah, it was a, it was actually a, a bloodbath for me. So it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. So we both, and you get drafted by Portland. I get listed cause they draft and then I got uh, listed. So we went out to Portland camp together. You were a tough guy. They like, I remember a guy kept getting run on our team and you went over and told the one guy that he couldn't even come across the ice or you would kill him. And then that guy never came across the ice like that. How intimidating was that? How intimidating were you? You were, you were bullying guys around and it was, it was hilarious that a guy wouldn't come over to get the puck. Like he would stay in his wing. The puck would be a little bit over. He's like, nah, that big guy told me I couldn't do that or he'd kill me. I know. I could only imagine what what his dad was thinking. Why is he not going on the other side of the ice? He's not even forechecking. But no, it was uh, it was just something that I always I always did when I was out there. I'd, I'd like to use the intimidation factor, even at a young age. Uh, played really physical and and going on to Portland camp, and so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, at sixteen, you go into uh, you go into Portland camp, make it and fight like uh, twenty five times. Can you imagine that nowadays? Twenty five scraps as a sixteen year old. Well, 25 still is the magic number, but they're just looking for hits in the season. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just something that I kind of started doing. I, I don't think age was a factor. It was I was naive. I didn't know. I just, uh, you know, very competitive. Always liked to stick up for my teammates. Played with an edge. And, you know, there was a lot of 20-year-olds, a lot of big guys in the league. And just kind of that's the way I played. So I played in the way that made guys want to fight me, I guess. So I had to, I had to answer the bell. See, this is what we'll do here. We're going to give the path of someone that goes to the NHL, and since me and you were the people on the podcast, and then my path of not going to the NHL, because everyone has a story of where their hockey went, and so we'll continue with your story, but now we're at that age. Uh, we're at 16. So mine is uh, I get cut from Portland. Oh, man, I shit the bed at that camp. First shot uh, was about seven feet wide of the net yeah just... let, let, let me tell the story because we, we <laughs> oh were, you remember group... it you remember the first shot of the whole thing <laughs> there's i was on the ice uh, and, and you know i was uh there you was took a, a minus i'm from, sorry from, there's a lot of guys from our area that were at portland camp and were listed drafted and we were kind of like a whole caravan that went there so we all knew each other and and kelly was in net you know for the first scrimmage and the puck drops and you know uh, they take the puck and somebody gets over the red line and fires it in on net uh, just as a dump in. It wasn't even going close to the net. <laughs> Kelly races out to set up the puck, but he was in the air. So he takes it with his blocker and he actually deflects it in his own net. It wasn't even going close. And uh, we were down uh, one nothing already. So uh, it was it was uh, a great start for, for my buddy Tick Taylor. Yep. But the funniest part of it was after the scrimmage, um, 
we get undressed. We go in the concourse and Bob Torrey, who is uh, the assistant general manager, comes up to me and says, hey, Joey, welcome to camp. Great to be glad you're here. All all that stuff. And Kelly was with me and uh, he goes, so, Joey, uh, who's with you? And I said, well, this is Kelly Taylor, the, the goalie. And he started laughing. And then yep. he looked at you and said, hey, Kelly, try and stop one next <laughs> next scrimmage. Yeah. So a little bit a uh, little bit intimidating. That was uh, that was a pretty funny pretty funny story and then i get uh i, I get released from portland but not in, in the letter doesn't actually say released because my mom kept the letter i still have this letter and it's from bob tory and it says you've been deleted from our system <laughs> oh okay thank you <laughs> they don't want any recollection of you ever being involved in their organization yeah but take that portland so i go on my next year uh i play bantam double a have a great year and uh, win provincials again, Pee Wee Bantam. Win provincials have this great year, get listed uh, by the Pats. So now I'm going into Pats camp because we were 15 at that Portland camp. We go in, so you go into 16, make Portland, and I go into uh, Regina as a 16 year old. And, and Regina has two older goalies. They had Chad Mercier and Mike Walker. And Norm Johnson is the coach for the Pats then. And he, uh, and he calls telling me that they're looking to move one of the goalies. Because they got two older ones, so they're, he goes, "We're gonna have you for the exhibition, see how it goes." And I was like, "Holy man, here we go! Like this is this is my path right here." I oh, and when Norm, if you guys don't know who Norm Johnson is, he kind of talks like like Yelma Fudd. He talks like that, like, and he calls my house. My dad answers the phone, and I was like, and he's like, "Kelly," I was like, "Yeah, who is it?" He's like, "I don't know, Elmer Fudd." <laughs> I was like, Okay, I get on the Ken phone. Wouldn't even, Ken wouldn't even pulled the phone away or blocked it or anything. He wouldn't have cared at all. No, it would have been yelling right back, and Norm would have been like, "Screw yeah. you, asshole!" So uh, <laughs> I go to camp there, and man, it, I never even trained. Like whatever my was left in my bag, you just picked it up and went. So uh, go to camp, and I break my stick in camp. So I was like, "Okay, I break my stick in the last gate." But we've got inner squad, and then it's exhibition. I was like, "Well, why would I buy a stick? Because there's a goalie plays each period." So I start the first period. I was like, I should be able to get through a period with this broken stick. Big deal. And then I'm playing exhibition. I'll get my stick. Uh, no. Let in five goals in the first period and three legitimately by a floppy stick. The last one, there's about 30 seconds left. I go to play the puck because it's between me and I can beat the guy. Rhett Gordon coming in from the blue line. I go and I just flop it lightly to him. He had to skate in from like the hash marks in and just dump it in the empty net. Norm Johnson comes in. And I'm hidden behind the stalls, like by the shitters. Uh, and it comes in, it's just, and everyone's talking, and it's quiet. And I was like, oh, Norm's in the room. And he comes in, and I was like, oh, he's looking for me. He's looking for me. And he came in, and he looks at me, and he, I, this is verbatim. He goes, people come here and watch Regina Pats for the first time, thinking, hey, should I buy season tickets to this team? And they see absolute horseshit like you. And they think, I might as well spend my money on beer and stay at home. And that, that's exactly how it went. I went into the office after. He's like, I don't know what happened. You weren't ready to be at this camp. because all I can say is that was terrible. Go back at AAA and have a good season, and we'll see, we'll see what happens from there. So that's the second time you heard it. The people are really tender when they're, when they're critiquing your game. <laughs> oh, man, not good. And then I go and back. If you, know Kelly, if you know Kelly, though, with the broken stick, everything that Kelly has, it, it's kind of broken. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's always like, yeah, I'll get a new one tomorrow. <laughs> so I can just imagine, I'll get a new one tomorrow. Yeah, I'll get a new one tomorrow. I just hope he never, uh, he never needs a life jacket or a, uh, 
<laughs> or, or a rope on a mountainside or something like that. We said, no, I'll get a new one tomorrow. Oh, man. And then the thing is, I went from there thinking, okay, here we go. And as soon as I went back uh, to AAA, I always had a bad start at the beginning of the season, and then I would regain. And I, But I, I got put in a doghouse, and I ended up being a backup. And this is my first time ever being a backup. And going from being a starter your your whole life to going to backup, I never knew this, but backup goalies, like they don't even cheer for their team. Like you literally walk out on the ice every time. Like I hope we get pumped today. Oh, or better yet, I hope someone breaks Bob's leg so I can start a game. Well, that's the thing with backup goalies. You either get the, a guy with the best attitude ever, or you get a guy with the worst attitude. Well, so it I, all depends. <laughs> I hit it. Like I wasn't saying it out loud. Like I, I was a, I was a, uh, I was a room guy. I was always a room guy. Don't get me wrong. I always was a room guy. So it went from like 16, you think, you know, if you play in the dub as a 16-year-old, there's a good chance you're getting an NHL draft. And I'd like to see what the percentages are. They've got to be decent, especially for that era we were playing. So I went from 16 thinking I'm on my way to backing up to my next year for AAA. I've already played one year AAA. And, you know, when they have the one skate, they just get the $20 out of all the house league kids, and then they cut them all, and then they start like, okay, let's start. I got cut after one skate, and I played AAA the year before. So now I'm going from, oh, my God, I don't think I'm on my path to the NHL. I think I got known as a booze bag or something. I don't know where that yeah, what, came what from. What did you do? What, what were you doing around PA? You couldn't hide in PA or anything? Ah, uh, well, I'm going to, as I crack my, as I crack, ah, mm, mm. <laughs> These Dillette beers, sometimes they they say uh, sprout up on you. I think oh, I got known as a booze bag or something, and they had another good guy, Scott Murkowski, that's weird. and they had that's a split weird. up. <laughs> yeah, some drinking. We had to split us up, uh, and he was wicked awesome, and I was expendable. So that's where I went. Oh, so then after I played midget double A, then after that I was like, oh my god, now it's junior time. But wait, but wait, you're still you are undefeated as a WHL goalie. Oh yeah, on, that's on, true. On a WHL roster, that's true. I I uh, I fake backed up for the Brandon Wheat Kings when Brian Elder hurt his knee. Oh yeah, I was still listed with Regina, and it's on TSN. Like it was TSN's first time at in the Art Hauser in PA Communiplex then, and Brian Elder hurts his knee in warmups. I have a double big gulp because I was hammering double big gulps Dr Pepper every day, getting ready to watch it at home. And then I get this call like, "Hey, uh, Byron Penstock." got hurt in warm-ups you're backing up i was like i'm listening with regina it's like no they let you out so then i race to the game and i have to st- sit by the bench because brian elder can't, or uh, penstock can't play elders and net but if something happens with elder they'll take their time and i get my gear on because they're like oh i don't want to wreck your eligibility don't worry i wasn't played in the dub you weren't wrecking my eligibility <laughs> i could have dressed up <laughs> So yeah, the and best then I, part, everybody thought you were lying when you told them why you were at the game. Yeah, because I was in dress clothes, and then other guys off my team were in jeans. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm backing up. They're like, Yeah, right. Because I lie all the time to guys too. So like, <laughs> oh, you're, you're bullshitting, Taylor. It's like, no, I'm backing up. And then I practiced with them, got a free stick. Could have used that a year ago, and oh, then uh, backed up because they played Friday, practice Saturday, played again Sunday, and I backed up Sunday. And Brian Elder threw uh, a player stick into the crowd with six minutes left. I was shitting bricks thinking I was going in. But the Raiders would have loved it because I'm sure it would have let in about four. They would have won, and they would have loved me at school. Like, thanks, buddy. Thanks for that one. You would have you got him. It would have been your moment. You just, uh, my, my time was enough. Pre- it wasn't enough pressure all those other times. You just needed the big moment with ultimate pressure. That's true. That's true. So then it goes yeah. from uh, that to uh, midget being done. Then you're like, okay, now I'm not listed with anyone. I'm not anywhere. So I was like, and you know how you get like all the junior A, the, every junior A team would give you a letter because they want to get that 50 bucks from you to go to camp. But I was like, holy man, I legit 
need to make a team here. So I didn't know what their goalie situation is. So I got each letter from every team, and I called every team. And I said, hey, what's your goalie situation? They're like, well, just come and see what happens. I was like, okay, I, I will, but I've got a letter from each team. I need to know which team I have the best chance at. And they're like, well, I don't know. And they were all kind of legit, like, no, nah, we don't have room. We don't have room. I don't think you're the one. <laughs> Why didn't you tell them you are someone else to get the real story? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you probably said, oh, this is Kelly Taylor. Yeah, I did. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. We got a guy with one leg coming in. <laughs> so then I'm on my last call. Kindersley, I should get, the coach was Wayne Labrie. I should get a, I should see if I can get a soundbite of Wayne Labrie confirming this. So I call Kindersley and I was like, hey, and this is the last one. I've called them all. And I was like, hey, do you, what's your goal? And he is adamant. They're like, oh, we've got two guys returning. We are. We are set. And I was like, and I just sit there and my heart just it drops. And I was like, I cannot not be around the guys. Like everyone's gone. All my buddies are gone. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, can I, can I come as, as a fourth line fighter? Like I don't even need to play. And I go the shift, the shift you tell me to go out and fight. And I don't fight. I said, you can send me home. And then he like pauses for a sec. He's like, are, are you a goalie though? Aren't you a goalie? I was like, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and he like, like he's like, what the hell is going on here? And then he's like, uh, n- no, uh, I don't, I don't think so. I oh. love it. I love it. I, that's that's the attitude you've always had. We, we used to always get in fights playing roller hockey. Oh yeah, true story. <laughs> we don't. We'd wrestle every weekend too. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then it, we, we've, we've had some epic wrestling duels too. People <laughs> like just watching us wrestle. I think we went two and a half hours one time in the mud. Oh yeah, until at the we grease, puked. Grease until pig, we puked. Yeah, and we started a. Yeah. Uh, uh, puke festival in uh, Victoire, and then everyone started. We started puking, and then people were like, "Oh, you get in on it." And then we passed around a bottle of whiskey, and you couldn't, you couldn't pass it to the next person until you puked. And then everyone was puking. And then remember, Dicky and some other guys that didn't drink that much were like, "What's going on?" They started puking, watching us puke. It was it's pretty disgusting. Now that I think of it, it was so disgusting. And but... we had it on an old cab corner too, man. Nineteen ninety eight. Oh God, the times. No, Kelly. In our younger days, well, I don't know. I'd still wrestle you right now, but it hurts a little bit more. We we, we used to wrestle all the time. Last time was in New Orleans, I think. You almost yeah. drowned me in the pool. I got the I got the title because Joey is an NHL yeah. tough guy, much tougher than me. Um, but I got him in a pool, and then I got him in a head scissor lock, and then I t- and then I pushed away from the side and took you to the deep end, and then you tapped yeah, on put- my leg. And no, I will I never, you. never, never fight you again because I have the title. I actually, and no, if you want, I'll get you. I'll get you. <laughs> no, I'm bad. I'll, I'll keep everything via video now, buddy. <laughs> you'll never, you'll never see me in person again. We can be you in the same. Know. We'll be in the same city doing this podcast, and I'll be one house over. Got you the title. You won't know when it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna. I'll get you. No. And we, we've been in a few uh, street fights. I and I never got like I was never, I was never an asshole, or maybe the like, guy just goofed around. Like I never ever looked for fights. But if when you're at a bar, you can either people will laugh at what you're doing, or people are like this guy's pissing me off. So I got in a few street fights just because guys didn't like what I was doing. Because I remember yeah, once people just took it the wrong way. They don't know. They didn't know you were gonna be a comedian. <laughs> I remember once uh, I was standing at the Pat in Saskatoon, and people walked by, and I'd catch their foot right at like with my foot right as their foot went to go down, and then they would trip, and I'm like ha ha ha. And guys would laugh, and then you'd wait a little, and then you catch the next guy like ha ha. And then one guy stops and he looks at me. And he's like, because he's seen me doing it. And then he looks at me like, okay, I know you're doing that. Don't do it to me. 
And then as he went, I was like, oh, I'll let him go because, you know, he knows what I'm up to. And then I just, I couldn't help myself. Right as his foot <laughs> went to go down, I just clipped him and he wiped out. And then it was on. And then he was he was so mad. And he's like, let's go. Let's go right now. And I was like, and I was like, oh, man, I'm just joking around. I was like, no, let's go. And then he was so adamant he wanted to fight. And I kind of looked at him. I was like. Man, I like. I'm pretty sure I could take him. Like, why? And I was like, I, I can see why he's mad. But if he, and then he's like, "Let's go, buddy." And then I was like, and then I was like, "Well, not in here. I don't want to get kicked out." Like, I was already like still thinking of wanting to be in the bar. And I was like, you and did, he's like, you, you already a- waited. You waited half an hour to get in. <laughs> he's like, you're just pussing out. I was like, no, bud, I'm not pussing out. I I just don't want to get kicked out. Let's go outside. And I'm like getting a stamp. Like I was like, and I wasn't even that drunk, so I was like pretty pumped up. And I was, and then we get outside, and I'm tying my shoes. He's like, what are you doing, puss? You you you, you trying to get out of this? Like, no. I go, are you gonna street fight with your shoes untied? Are you an idiot? Have you ever been in a street fight before? And then. Uh, yeah, and then I was kind of leery because he wanted to fight so bad. And no, the guy wasn't tough at all. <laughs> he just he came at me and he and it was icy, so I remember I was kind of like pulling my pants up, you know, like you're pulling your pants cuz you don't want your jeans to hang out the back and then you slip on some ice. And there was another guy uh that was driving to get off sale too and he gets off sale. I was like, "Were you in a fight last night at the pad?" I was like, "How the hell did you know?" Like this is pre-cell phones. And he started doing an invitation of me pulling my pants up. And I was like, well, you're an idiot if you think you're going to get your jeans caught on the ice and slip, man. Come on. <laughs> I was still, I was only at buzz level. I was at great scrapping level. You always have to be, you always have to be leery about the guys that won't let it go. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's times you can, there's times where you can just, okay, you know, here's your opportunity to, to get out of it, to get out of it. But yeah. Those guys that won't let it go. They, uh, they're screw loose. Oh. Screw loose. So you got to watch out for those guys. Okay, at the Pat, same thing. And this one, I could not believe the deal this guy was getting. Uh, I got in a, a street fight because the guy yelled Carmen because he's looking for someone, and I yelled San Diego. But he must have been in a bad mood. And he said, would you Oh, say? he was in su- such a bad mood. He kept yelling. He came out of the bar, and obviously he had a, a domestic with his with his, with his his yep. old lady. And he kept yelling across the parking lot because he didn't know where she went. He kept yelling Carmen real loud. Every time he'd yell Carmen – you'd yell San Diego, but he didn't know where it was coming from because we were kind of stuck between some cars and that went on for about five minutes. And then he finally spotted you and you were sitting on the, the, the trunk of a car <laughs> eating, chicken. eating eating chicken from 7-Eleven and he, he beelined right across and he looked like really, I don't know, he looked, he's crazy. He kind of had, you know, half a beard with a mullet and his, his eyes were all kind of googly and, he, and you said, San Diego, and he, he just he couldn't have it anymore. He ran across, pulled you by the ankles, and was trying to pull you off the car. I thought I was, I was gonna get, I thought I was gonna get knocked out, and you were eating chicken too, because I was like, Joy, Joy, because guys make fun of me after, like calling for Ted Wrinkles. Like, no, because I the guy was pulling my ankles. I thought I was gonna smash my head off the concrete, and you barely move. Like you let it get to the point where it, like I'm almost about to slap, and then you're like, hey, and then he stops and looks at you, and then he got mad at you, and I started laughing. I was like. And like, man, you're NHL tough guy. And I was like, are you shitting me right now? And then he want, and he turned his attention to you. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad news. And you absolutely stroked. I mean, it looked like it was kind of like um, all the clothes fell. It's like if you took the body out of clothes, like you, you punched him once and it looked like he sat down with his legs crossed. He, uh, he just came at me he, after I said, hey. He looked at me, he came right at me, and he started trying to punch me. And so I just, okay. And so I just kind of pushed him out, and he was just trying to start a lawnmower, but he wasn't hitting me. So 
I just threw a left right, hit his nose and his teeth, like aimed right for his mustache <laughs> and pushed his mustache through the back of his head. And he just fell like every piece of strength or any bone that he had, his body went to jello and he fell right in front of me sitting Indian style. Yeah. And it looked like, it looked like he was, he, he looked like, he looked like a Buddha knocked out with his hands on his, on his, on his legs and his chin down. And then I, I, I punched him a couple more times, but the toughest part about it, his girlfriend, Carmen, <laughs> we don't, we know Carmen, her name. For, we know her. Carmen, Carmen jumps out of nowhere, jumps on my back and starts yelling me, stop hitting him, stop hitting him. And then, uh, you know, we kind of dusted up. The cops were coming and stuff like that. And and he actually, we were over by our cars. We were about to leave. And he walked over. And I said, oh, no, he's going to want to go again. And he grabbed my hand and he shook it. And he said, sorry, sorry, man. Sorry, I just did that. Uh, I got to go to the hospital. I'm really hurt right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then they left. That's a good SAS parking lot tilt, man. But yeah. he just got, before I go to the hospital, let me track down the guy who absolutely <laughs> yeah. clobbered me. Say sorry. Yeah, he apologized. And I'm like, okay. So it, it, while you're while you're beating him, his friend, so I get squared off with his friend, and we stop. Like, I'm trying to fight him, and he's, like, looking over my shoulder like there's a deer in the headlights. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, whoa, what's going on? And it's like, we, we look around, and I was like, oh, man, what's going on right here? Yeah. That was uh, that was fun. That was a bad deal for that guy. He didn't know what he was getting. Yeah, I, I, I imagine uh, the apologies to each other, Carmen and 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 this guy afterwards. The makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. No. You, do you remember the fight you would have started? Oh man, this is. As I'm just gonna eat this burp right now. The fight you would have started in PA at a bar called Uncle Chuck's. It was the it was the greatest timing ever. We uh, bar ends in PA, and when a bar ends in PA, straight to the off sale. There was no such thing as not getting beer after the bar. So bar closes, and you. It's so hilarious because you tell people from from around around the country, like in Ontario, about off sale. They're like, "What is that?" Well, when the bar closes at two or two thirty, last call, you go and you get a case of beer and you walk out and you you go home. And and it kind of blows people's mind. I, I didn't realize that was that was kind of, you know, privy to to Western Canada. So yeah. Oh yeah, it, it was the great. It was, and that's when the hard laughs would come. Like you'd have a good time. Pre drinking is always the best. Just the boys pre drinking. God, pre drinking's fun, eh? The oh, only man. thing, almost well, the only thing funner than drinking is pre drinking. Just God. warming up the engine. Oh. You know, make sure that. And get pumped on. up, and then you go to the bar, and then you kind of, you, you know, guys kind of go missing for a little bit. Guys are dancing, the crew's not quite together; it's loud. And then after the bar, that's when you get back. You get you get your uh, off sale, and then you start. You go somewhere, and then you have those post bar giggles, man. But do you remember coming out of Chuck's that once? Yeah. There's a, you know, the start where there's like three or four yeah. people from Prince Albert going to get some beer, and they get a cab, and they grab an eighteen pack, and. So they pop the trunk of the cab. He won't let him bring it in. So the guy puts it in. And as he puts it in, he turns to get in the car. And the cab driver turns around and, like, goes to slam it. But he looks forward. And as he does it, you pull out the 18-pack. Like, almost as a joke. Like, they'll catch you. Like, ha-ha. Hey, put that back. And right as you pulled it, the cab driver turned his head away to, look to the front of the car and didn't see it. Shuts the trunk. And we're like, are you serious? Are you serious? And yeah, they the left. Cab, the cab drove away. We're like, oh, my God. That is the greatest thing ever. Like, the guy seen him put it in the thing. The cab drive closed it. 
And I'm sure they probably killed that cab driver when they got wherever they were going. <laughs> two, two drunkest guys were so happy to have an 18 pack oh. to keep their night going. And they look at each other. They both put it in in the in the trunk of the car. Like, oh, there's 18 good times were put in there. And they both went to get in, thinking the other guy was going to close the trunk. The cabbie did, went to close the trunk. Just as a joke, I thought, like you said, just as a joke. I grabbed the 18 pack, just try to be a wise guy, <laughs> and uh, and closed the trunk. And they took off, and I I had the beer. Oh, <laughs> what a great 18 pack we had there, man! That was the best. Oh, the it man. wasn't stealing. It was just a misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if we, oh, to follow that cab, that would have been the greatest thing ever. Oh, oh we should have followed it just to see them. Oh. Just to videotape. Yeah. yeah, well, if you had phones back then, I don't know, we wouldn't be. We oh, wouldn't phones. Be. Oh, man, there's one story of the phone. Uh, we could kind of, you know what story I'm thinking about, the, the uh, infamous pocket dial, but we'll keep it to... Uh, <laughs> okay, here's this. I got to give a little bit of this one. It's the great. You blew your knee out. You're in Louisville. Yeah, my second year in pro when I was in the American League. And you weren't smoking. I was. Uh, I was indulging after. <laughs> but and you see, you you had a cell phone because you you were playing pro hockey, so you had a yeah. cell phone. We didn't have we didn't have cell phones. I'm in first year university. I'm in Saskatoon, and we have a, like a, there's a little you know. But we just said you know after the bar, a few beers, grab an 18 pack. I don't know if there's five or six people hanging around the kitchen, and you called your mom when you got back. Uh, well, I called her earlier in the day. Yeah, but and she was I, at I work. Yeah, she was at work at the bank. So, and that that's how it is. Like it, it's at the point where you do that one call and you're done. I love how your face is right here. Like, what are you? <laughs> why are you telling this story? We can maybe why edit. Are you telling? We can edit it out if it needs. Me. You can edit this stuff. So, it's you're not you weren't partaking. It's me, anyways. And I'm not a big. I never I never smoked weed in high school or anything like that. But it was university. It was a little bit of someone had hash or something. They're smoking, and uh, so as we're as I'm hitting this thing on the side of the stove with these few degenerates we picked up around or whoever was hanging around the kitchen at my place and whatever, we go have a good time, pass out, wake up in the morning and you're up early for some reason. And I'm in my bed and I can hear you on the phone and it's like seven 45 in the morning. You're like, mom, mom, no, mom, oh, oh, mom, no, mom, mom, we don't do that. I, I don't do that. Mom, mom, I don't, no, don't, well, don't tell dad. Yeah. And I was like, I come out, and I was like, what the fuck was that? He goes, bud, he goes, someone hit redial on my phone at like 3.30, and it called the credit union, and it left a seven and a half minute, because it ate up the rest of the message at the bank, and you said your <laughs> she walked in, and there was like three ladies just standing around the message machine, just listening, just listening to us, acting I just, like I savages. Just disappointing your mother. And, and I remember saying, I don't care what you do when you're not around. Just don't just don't call and leave a message. And she's so detailed and I'm like, oh no. Oh. I just wanted to die. That's... I, I didn't know what she was talking about because when you wake up in the morning, you're just oh in such a haze. Oh, I was after late. all night of party. I was late in bed, like, what the hell is going on out there? Oh man, that was. <laughs> I, I Sorry, mom. Yeah, I was like, ah, man, we'll probably won't ever tell that story. But it's like first podcast in with well, you. There it is. There. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get that one out right now. 
well, didn't these guys? Didn't he play hockey? We have nothing about any play. Here, we'll, we'll just do your junior career, anyways. We're not going. We're not getting into the NHL this time because uh, there's we got too many laughs here. Mm. So we'll finish. Um, so then you end up playing in uh, Portland, and you win a Mem Cup, man, uh, with one of the greatest yeah. junior teams. I go down and actually get to perform for you guys on your 20th anniversary, which is great because I know a lot of guys off that team. There's you. There's uh, Chris Jacobson I'm good friends with, and then you have uh, Marty Stanish, who'd have played zone hockey with. And then there was just all the guys that played in the NHL. You have uh, you have Hosa, you have Ferentz, Walker, yourself. Uh, who else is there that oh, – jeez. Brandon a... Morrow. Oh, yeah, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Morrow. <laughs> Yeah. He was he's uh he was pretty he was all right yeah uh yeah Jason LaBarba was our backup goalie played in the NHL for a long time yeah how's your backup goalies in the in the NHL not bad yeah he was just a young guy just the young guy but man it was so much fun playing with those guys um that year I I think we only lost like twelve games or something like that and we had so much fun uh, well with Hosa Robinson Morrow all you do is just as a defenseman have to get uh, get the puck into the neutral zone. And they would just take it down and go score. You know, it was a lot of fun. Like it was high flying offense, you know, before we were playing hockey like they do today back in 1998 at the Memorial cup, we scored so many goals, had so much fun. Yeah. But you, you know, guys goal, were partying goal. like it was the eighties though. Cause you guys were a junior team. <laughs> yeah, we Cause when you guys start talking more, like you guys are one of the greatest junior teams ever. And you were, but that's the thing partying. If your if your whole team is in on board on it, and yeah. you know when you work hard, play hard. If that's your mentality, and that's what yeah. you guys were, work hard, play hard. We had so much fun, and everybody was accountable to each other on and off the ice. We just had so much fun, and, and you know we would we would tear it up at night, and we would go and put our work boots on in the morning, and everybody just had fun doing it, and it was just a giggle fest, a laugh fest. We'd party at Portland State University. Um, we were out all the time and I know our coach knew Brent Peterson knew our GM knew um, um, Ken Hodge, who's a very uh, intimidating individual. Um, but we just, we just ran the wheels right off that, right off that train. It was so much fun. We were, we were out every night, all night. Um, we even uh, one night, uh, a group of us, the older guys, I won't, I won't throw any of the younger guys under the bus. Well, they're not young anymore. Uh, we <laughs> yeah, go- <laughs> I, I think their careers are done, but don't yeah, I think worry. I think they're, I think they're okay. I had one uh, more we- season that Joey Tedrico threw me under the bus at his podcast. <laughs> I was 40 years old. I had one more season. <laughs> I was going to go to camp when this virus was done. <laughs> Marty Stanish is probably still playing. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's still playing peewee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, we broke into the dressing room. I don't know. We broke in. We had access to the dressing room, and and we bought a we uh, brought in a bunch of beer and had a nice little party in the coach's office. Took pictures, and uh, yeah, those uh, pictures are still around today. Uh, I don't know if Haji and and Pete ever saw them. I know Mike Williams Williamson, our assistant coaches, has seen them. We told them. But if that ever happened today, the, the team would be blown up. Kids would be going home. But we. We had so much fun. Oh, yeah. To think of that today, like team, think of that. I can't imagine, like, if the Raiders all got caught drinking in the office right now, it, it would be like huge news for you guys. You're just like, yeah, just a building block of keeping the boys together, having a, just a night out, having a good time. Oh, man. And we, uh, and we did. We did it all the time. And uh, I was told that, uh, that Pete wanted to, you know, really had to want to have a, you know, uh, 
come to Jesus with the team, but Haji wouldn't let us because we were having so much fun and we were winning. So you can't mess with the chemistry. It doesn't matter what makes it happen. You know, we were just a lot of guys that like to have a lot of fun and, and we were able to win. So And it was like when I was there, so I went down to perform with these guys. So I'm there for two days drinking with these guys. And it was so fun. I remember coming in and guys kept coming in. Like we we're at that big long table and guys would come in and it's like they never lose a beat. Especially when you guys win a championship together. When you win a championship with a with a group of guys, that's you're like brothers. You guys love each other. You went so you you play forever. You go so far into the season to win it all. So to watch you guys like that, and then we wake up, and as soon as we woke up, we went straight back to that bar to shake the fuzz out. Matt Walker uh, Walker owns that uh, brewery in Nelson, so he's telling mm-hmm. us, "Oh, get a few sours in the morning. Do it this way to this way," and we absolutely put on a clinic. But I'm gonna say this for your party team. For the two days of partying, I was there. There was one guy who didn't seem like he partaked in the party. And was uh, was Ference like that during the season too? Did he not party with you guys? How did that work? Because he's a pretty straight laced fitness. Yeah, freak. Andy, a- Andy, a great hockey player, uh, great great individual, but he's so straight laced. He, uh, you know, his his. His his ambition and, and everything and, and followed through was was to be a hockey player and, and anything that could do to make him better. He just wasn't the kind of guy that would, you know, do it that way when when we were doing it that way. So, um, yeah, just uh, we we had we had a group that ran and uh, Andy, you know, pretty pretty straight and narrow, I guess you could say. But why, <laughs> Never, hey, uh, but, but you guys won a Mem Cup and everyone has their Mem Cup rings. Why? Who's the one guy who didn't have his Mem Cup ring? I think Andy. <laughs> yeah. For Stanley Cup ring. Yeah, we get it, Andy. We know you want a cup that, but we're at the Mem Cup reunion here, buddy. Come on. Yeah, kind of shake my head at some of the some, some of the things like that. But uh yeah, everybody uh everybody's there with Memorial Cup rings and celebrating that. And uh, Andy walks in to show us uh that he won in Boston. So uh, you know. <laughs> what a group, man. It was hilarious. And you have uh, Todd Robinson who is unbelievable and he, guy had didn't he have like ninety three points at Christmas, but it never even gets a sniff at World Juniors just because he, he he's just kind of like that guy. But you guys kept him in check, like you know, yeah. kind of the guy that knows he's awesome, and then kind of like a little bit ratty and kind of, but maybe might not work as hard, but just because he knows he's so good. But you guys, yeah. but you but you guys didn't let him get away with it. You treated him like that. You called him retod, and you'd be like, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> we treat it. We treat it. We we love him so much. We treat him like a piece of shit." It was hilarious because he's like, "Hey, you guys, you left me at like you." And he's like, "You left me at the bar. What the hell?" And you guys looked at him like, "Shut up. We did not. We told you we're leaving. You're going like that. Just oh." And then he's trying to. Never- we're getting kicked out of bar to bar. And he's like, okay, Bezechko's the drunkest. He's like, you get to the back. Okay, buddy, you're all right. You come to the front. We're trying to get a line to get in. We're just getting kicked out of bar to bar in Portland. Uh, oh, every uh, podcast I have is about getting kicked out of bars, too. I'm three for three right now. Yeah, you're three for three, and uh, we've been kicked out of a lot of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I My university, uh, Wednesday Champs kicked out Thursday. Or no, uh, Wednesday Champs kicked out. Thursday, Sutherland kicked out. Friday, kicked out. Uh, there was a Monday. Oh, there was uh, Louis. I got kicked out of Louis too because uh, I broke. I went through the window. Champs, we were um, throwing ice. Uh, the pat, I came in. There was a fire ladder, and you could pull. I climbed in, went in, and <laughs> or I got and I got kicked out there. The guy caught me, and I just came right back in through that fire escape again because it was still there. But yeah. and they'd let you do it all over again the next week. 
Oh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> you get you just hope for the night. Smarten up, buddy. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. So do you still do you still drink, Joe? <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah, a little. Okay, a little. well, then we'll get – so it you goes. get uh, – you get drafted to Florida Panthers. Where were you when you got drafted? I don't even know if I know where you were when you got drafted. That's weird. Where were you? Uh, in St. Louis. The draft was in St. Louis. Is that what, is that what you're asking me? Where, where well, was the draft? Or? Yeah, I don't know if you were in St. Louis or St. Louis. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> you. So you, you went to the draft to, in St. Louis? Yeah, went to the draft in St. Louis. Uh, had... Uh, you know, interviews with with uh, with a couple teams, and Florida wasn't even on the radar. Um, so they you didn't, didn't have you didn't have an interview with Florida. I didn't have an interview with Florida. I remember having an interview with Pittsburgh, Colorado, San Jose, um, and then doing some some testing with San Jose, um, which I was so nervous for because you had to do some some box jumps. And I was so nervous. The first jump I did, I missed the box and I wiped out. And they looked at me like, "Is this guy really? Is this guy serious?" I, I almost broke the box. But uh, I remember the the uh, the general manager, who was asking questions in an interview, and he didn't. It wasn't really an interview. He just was there to tear tear, tear a strip off me, kind of like Norm Johnson with you. I get in there, and uh, I think it was Dean Lombardi at the time, and he uh, he just looks at me and said, "Why the fuck would I draft you?" You can't make a four-foot fucking pass. You're terrible out there. You can't play in your own zone. <laughs> you don't get any points. He just wanted to interview you to shit on you? Yeah, he just wanted to push my buttons to see what I would do. And then I was like, oh, I keep calm. I was like, is this really happening? And he went on for about five, ten minutes. And, and then uh, at the end, he, he got up and said, interview's done. He got up, shook my hand, and he started smiling. He said, uh, you did great. You're going to do great tomorrow at the draft. And, and I was like, wow, that's uh, – <laughs> That was not what I was expecting, so, but it was pretty funny. You should have just took your shirt off like, let's go right now, you <laughs> bastard. I was, I was thinking about it. That's the same guy who, uh, who, who's, the, uh, who's the owner of the new Winnipeg ice team? The... Um, he used to be a goalie. Deep but he, uh, no, the, the, the WHL team that came from Cranbrook. Well, yeah, I know that. But yeah. I... He uh, he had an interview with with him at the draft, and uh, he said, uh, "Well, rate yourself as a goalie." And he said, "Well, I think I'm about a, I think I'm about an eight. He goes, "A fucking eight? Patrick Waz is not a fucking eight. <laughs> You're a fucking two. Well, what, Get the fuck out of here. What's the level <laughs> out of here, buddy? Know, Simmer down. Yeah. It was a pretty funny. He just liked to fuck with people. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. As like, everybody had an interview with him, was uh, was just torn apart just to see how they would react. So. It was, uh, it was what pretty a, good. What a guy. That sounds like a pretty yeah. fun way. He, he must just lick his chops at that day. Like, Diener, why are you so excited? Can't sleep. Going to shit on a bunch of kids in these interviews and fuck with their <laughs> heads. Crush some dreams tomorrow. <laughs> so pumped. So pumped. Probably go up and draft someone, then say psych. <laughs> psych. Hey, and then, Don't even give him the jersey. When you, uh, since you're small town Sask, when you went up and got drafted, did you throw an absolute fucking barn hook on your hat? Just put put a bend on it, just the roof, oh, yeah. a frame roof, curve, just 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 flexing the brim, <laughs> flexing their. Just give me give me about five minutes here. I'll be ready for the picture of putting a <laughs> wicked curve on my brim here. Oh. Yeah, but I had to. It, it took long to do the brim, and then uh, 
you know, my head's so big that I had to put it on the last nipple of the, <laughs> of the snapback to get it on. So it took me about three tries to get it on, but then, uh, then, then get up there. But yeah. no, it was awesome. My, my family was there. My sisters were there. My grandparents were, were there. My uncles were there. So it was, it was pretty, pretty cool experience. That's the yeah, dream come true, but that's, that's only the start. That's only the start, which is the, which is the thing you don't realize, I guess, when you're 18 years old, 17, 18 years old and the, uh, the, it's just starting and, and the things you have to go through. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. A lot of guys will say no matter what they've done in their career, uh, like they can play 15 years or something, they got highlight in that in, unless if they don't win the cup can, a lot of them will say uh, first goal or getting drafted. You think getting, getting drafted. Was that one of your just ultimate highlights? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The kid from St. Louis, Saskatchewan, you know, Rich Pilon, um, who was drafted by the Islanders, you know, he's, I think he's about 10 years older than, than myself. And then Kurt Renier as well was also drafted, drafted New Jersey Devils. So, you know, looked up to those guys growing up and, and all uh, big heads too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez. Big helmet to fill. I had <laughs> <laughs> some people have big shoes to fill. I had big helmets to fill. <laughs> and yes, I did. But million uh, dollars or Joey Tedarico's head full of nickels. <laughs> <laughs> that's Rob Skurlock and uh, his head is bigger than mine. You know, I got a big head, but Rob Skurlock has a way bigger head than mine. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Being able to getting drafted, you know, dream come true. And then being able to play, play in the NHL, scoring a goal, which is uh, two in one game. Know. I know that. Yeah. I thought this league was a joke. And, but, uh, <laughs> oh, and, Co- and Keenan's your coach said, what, what does he say to you after that? Does he say actually, no, Keenan wasn't my coach yet. Um, it was Dwayne Sutter, Dwayne Sutter, who, who was an awesome coach, really liked me. I got a lot of playing time, uh, under him and, you know, I scored the first goal. I'm like, wow, first goal. And then later, uh, later in that period, I scored another one. So I'm like, wow, I'm having the game of my life. And then uh, almost scored a third, almost got a hat trick for my first three goals in the same game. And yeah, it was, uh, I think I had five points in one week. And then that's the only five points I think got in my NHL career. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, I'm going to win the Calder this year. <laughs> <laughs> Started checking the Calder stats. Like what other rookies are on a, on a hot streak like me? <laughs> Who else is on a heater? <laughs> Who else is on a heater? Oh. Yeah, I scored two in one game. And then later that week, I think I scored on Dominic Hasek. So I was like, oh. I'm really coming into my prime. And then, uh, yeah, didn't score again for another calendar year. <laughs> yeah, it comes in bunches, hey? It comes, it in, comes bunches. in bunches. Yeah. When I'm running, I, I ran out of time. And then I get to see you play in Edmonton. I was like, I've never been – I've seen a gold medal junior game. I've seen NHL playoff games. But the most my hair has ever stuck on up on my neck was uh, when you, you started in Edmonton. Because you said when we got there, like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be – playing for sure so it's like ooh 50 50 huh? and then you you took warm-ups so i was like okay he's good and then they're like oh no he still might not after warm i was like what what kind of psycho lets a guy have warm-ups and then doesn't play him when he's from around here <laughs> that was my career i didn't know if i was gonna play until uh <sighs> until the coach walked in the room before the game and then you so. and then you started and uh and then there's like 30 i remember 37 seconds left you came out and we're going out in Edmonton after this. So I was like, oh, here we go. And then you came out, and you and George the Rock hit at center ice. And I remember as soon as you guys hit, it was kind of like he wasn't looking, or and you kind of bump into each other. And I was like, 
oh, fuck off. Don't fight George the Rock. You're going to the hospital. Because he was the number oh, one. Kelly. Well, I just Kelly. So, And I was already thinking of my party night. I was like, I don't want to be going to a hospital. And, but then he spun around, went somewhere else, and then you Tough fought. decision, eh? Do I go to the hospital with Joe or do I go? Uh... Yeah. And then you <laughs> fought, uh, whatchamacallit, who'd you fight there? Sean Brown. Sean Brown. I was going to say Brown, yeah. but I was like, what? And then, yeah, you fought Sean yep. Brown, had a good fight. And then we went out later, and, oh, man, that was an awesome night. And that's awesome seeing, like, uh, your, when your best friend's in the NHL, seeing him, like, right in his prime, man. And you were, you were always a great talker, so you were just the king of the bar. We have a great time. And small-town sass people, what do we do? We stay at your hotel, me and another buddy from PA. <laughs> You're bunking with Marcus Nielsen. He's out later. He comes yeah. in. We got a buddy, and, and as soon as Nielsen comes in, I'm so embarrassed. I was like, what are we doing? Are we idiots? So I jump on the floor and go to sleep. Buddy on the uh, other buddy just moves over. Like, Here, I'll give you what side of the bed do you want? And I was like, come on, Chris. Get off the bed, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know Marcus Nielsen walked in and there's a guy naked already in his, uh, in his underwear, in his blankets. He looks at me. He's like, Joe, what the fuck is going on here? And he's like, he just moves over. Like Marcus is going to get in bed with him just to have a little nap. Get in here, uh, buddy. Get in. We got I room. didn't even get you guys a room or anything like that. I just let you sleep on the floor. Oh. So no, okay. it's a lot of fun. That's the best. That's the best feeling coming back to Western Canada, especially if you're playing out East and having play in front of your family and friends and, that little tour played in Calgary and then played in Edmonton. That's 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 a lot of fun. No, that's a lot of fun. No doubt, man. Okay, we're getting um, trying to keep these to I don't, I'm trying to keep them to forty five or an hour. So I'm just gonna get here's a segment. I don't know if I've uh, told you about this segment because we want our podcast to have a little bit something different. And each episode is gonna have two things. First one is what chaps your ass. Do you have a certain thing that chaps your ass? I, I end each podcast with these two questions. And since yeah, it's your I was first listening, time on listening here. to your segments with the other guys, and I was thinking about it, and there's a lot of things that really chap my ass, but I'm pretty laid back. But what has really been chapping my ass lately? We've got five people in the house right now. Everybody's got a cell phone. There's probably 15 chargers around, but every time my phone goes to die, there's not a goddamn charger to be found. And you ask the kids, where are the chargers? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You can't find a cell phone charger. Yep. That really, really chaps my ass. That and too. the one, the, your favorite charger, the one you always keep in the same plug-in, the one you always charge the your phone The big one, with, too, that charges fast. Yeah, yeah, charges fast. Every time you turn around, it's gone. And you have to label it dad's charger, but even then, it's gone. It disappears. That's what really chaps my ass. Oh, that's a good chap your ass. There's going to be a lot of people shaking really, Shaking really got my blood pressure up there talking about yeah, it. Yeah, man. Red face. You're heating up over there. Okay. And then here, this is my favorite one. A lot of guys, I was getting a lot of messages. People really liking this segment of the sh- of the podcast. And this will be a great one, too. You might have to do one each time because you're lactose intolerant. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of food allergies and uh, and I really like to eat. So I don't really pay attention to my body a lot of times. So. Yeah, so this is this one's homemade for you. You you can pick one out of your hundred, but start out with gold. Uh, <laughs> have you ever shit your pants? Uh, well, everyone answer, has. What's your what's yeah, your story? Well, and let's hear yes, it. Yes. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start off uh, with an almost shit your pants story, but it is kind of a. It is, it is kind of an amazing story. Um, I was playing hockey in Houston, and um, it was about Christmas time, and I was at the Galleria Mall, and it's a very busy mall 
really big mall, one of the bigger malls in the States. And at Christmas time, it's the kind of place where you drive around for an hour to find a parking spot. And so I get into the mall and I'm doing some Christmas shopping and uh, all of a sudden I get the gurgle. I get the, uh, I get the bubble walking through the mall and I know I have to go and trying to find a bathroom in the mall. It's fine. But then trying to dodge, trying to dodge thousands of people when you got to take a crap (laughs) is, you know, you know how you walk, you can always picture yourself, how you look when you're trying to walk, when you're trying to hold, when you're trying to hold it. And I see the sign for the bathroom. (laughs) And so I, I try to get there and I'm sweating, walking funny like a penguin with my heels tied together, just trying to, <laughs> just, just trying to look real casual. And, and there's a lineup coming out the, the, the door uh, of the, the men's bathroom. And I finally get inside and there's guys at the urinal. There's guys in the stalls, everything. But there's this one stall that's open that nobody's going into. Guys are going to the urinal. And I'm like, what, what's going on? I'm like, it must be broken, but I don't care. If it's broken, I have to go. So I kind of, you know, make the eye contact with other guys. You go, you go. So I just went in there and uh, I looked down. The toilet's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But as you know, when you, you got to go and you relax, it's coming. I go to, to undo my pants and close the door at the same time. <laughs> There's no door on the stall. <laughs> So I'm already, I'm already 11th hour. I say, fuck it. I got to go. And I just unleash some ungodly sounds with the door open as people are walking by (laughs) looking at me. And I think it's funny. I'm not embarrassed at all, but there's some people like, oh my God, like, why isn't he closing the door? Uh, (laughs) I made it uh, with people, people watching. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the best that's part. The way is I'm gonna. You've gave those people all this memory too. Every single person in that bathroom <laughs> has a story now too. <laughs> you remember that guy at Christmas that was shitting with the door open at the gallery of mall? And it, you got to go. You got to go. Oh man, I love it. Okay, this is gonna be so fun, man. That was uh, that was a blast. We're going to keep it going. We've got a million other stories that we're going to get to. Uh, this is going to be just the best. I can't wait. Uh, Joey is moving from Toronto out west to Calgary, so hopefully the podcast yeah. and we get to sit down and uh, have a few drinks together. I still always have a drink here looking through the computer screen, but that was a great time, buddy. Can't wait till you get back out west. Well, thanks for having me. I can't wait to get back there either. Yeah, it's going to be good uh, to have you back west there. Is, west is best. Mm-hmm. Next up on the podcast will be Olympic gold curler and named the greatest lead in Canada. So the greatest lead in curling history, Benny Hebert. And Benny Hebert has got some gold stories. And he, like, I'm talking winning Olympic golds. Guys won four Briars, Olympic gold. His, and just a great, great speaker. Like, funny. His lingo's hilarious. Uh, he's got winning the Olympic gold Crosby wins gold, like coming in late back to the village with him and man, his lingo and his tanning story. <laughs> gold. <laughs> Another uh, good Saskatchewan guy. You got, you got a pretty good lineup going so far. So yeah, we Thank do. Thank you. Thank you for having me a part of it, Kel. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we had uh yeah, we had 
Graham Dillette. We had uh, Scotty Hartnell, one probably one of the biggest personalities NHL has really ever seen. One of them for sure. Joey Tedarenko, NHL tough guy, super funny. Benny Hebert, the greatest curler ever. Uh, we got uh, Colt Nose, the PGA, a little bit of a party guy coming up. And then I got a string of NHL tough guys. And then we got some comics. But the thing is, uh, right now, what we're going to do is we're just going to probably go these interviews. Or maybe me and you shoot the shit. But once I get back yeah, we're to... we're going to kind of get our feel, get our structure, how we're going to do all this stuff. Yeah. And then... Usually what I will want to do is I'll come back off the road of gigging each weekend. I'll tell you what's going on. But instead, I'm not gigging right now. I'm just isolating, uh, guzzling at home by myself with my family. Well, not by myself. My wife is drinking harder than I am. So, Joey. She's awake. What's that? She's awake, right? She's awake. Oh, I don't know. She could be passed out right now. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm in a studio right now. Okay, but thanks to all our listeners. Share around, and we will see you next week we'll be doing this every monday we're releasing tick with a side of tets thank you very much and signing off i will see you later joey tedarenko thank you thank you take care thanks for listening folks okay so i'm gonna interrupt here as i said i had called the kindersley clippers uh, head coach was wayne labrie I haven't talked to him in 23 years, so I tracked out his phone number from a guy who played on the Clippers, and I I asked him, I said, do you think he'll remember this conversation? Because it's a pretty weird call to get from someone like, hey, what's your goalie situation? No, our goalies are set. From then, someone saying, do you need a fourth-line fighter? And I offered, as soon as I don't fight, you can send me home. So what we're going to do now is we are going to call Wayne Labrie and uh, see if he, see what his uh, view is. See what his recollection, recollection, recollection of this uh, phone call was. Here we go. Hopefully, answers. Hey, Kelly. Hello, Wayne. How are you? Not bad. Yourself? Good. Good. It's been. Uh, I guess it's it's, it's been, been a while, 20, eh? tw- It's been twenty three years since I gave you my last phone call. Jesus Christ, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, time. Time. Time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, I was I was, so I'm doing this podcast now, and then we were talking about it with a buddy. Because um, just the background was I'd yeah. I'd played hockey, and I you know I always thought I was playing major junior. Then that fell apart. Then junior A wasn't there, and then I realized all my buddies are gone to play hockey. So I yeah. called I'd called the onslaught of junior A teams, and you were my last call. So when I called, I realized there was nowhere to go. So uh, can you just give your recollection rec- <laughs> recollection? Of uh, how that phone call went, and did it? And did it seem like a weird phone call? Is that one of the weirdest phone calls you've got? It probably was when you when you messaged me here with regards to it. it you know, I kind of thought back to the day, you know, when I had gotten that phone call, and I remember, you know, we potentially had a goalie going back to the Western Hockey League, and we'd be looking for a goalie. So. When I had gotten the message, I, I, I believe I reached out to uh, a couple of our PA boys, Robbie Boysen being one of them, and, you know, said, hey, who's this Kelly Taylor guy? And, you know, I, I had assumed you were a forward or a defenseman, and then Robbie, Robbie, I believe, had said you were a goaltender. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, all he said he, he, he wanted to do was he, he, he would have no problem fighting. And I, I kind of was taken back and was like, hey, maybe this might work, but uh, – yeah, it was one of those phone calls that uh, was definitely an interesting one. 
<laughs> yeah. Do you need a backup goalie? No. Do you need a fourth line fighter? So at any point, did you did you like, man, maybe I should take him up on this? And then the day, because I remember offering, if I don't fight, just send me home. Did you maybe for a half second think, oh, maybe this, maybe I'll give it a go? Well, the SJ back in those days, you definitely needed a couple of those guys. And, uh, you know, I think we were a fairly skilled team at that point. So I think uh, anytime you could maybe add a little bit uh, of toughness to your lineup, I was, you know, maybe thinking, hey, maybe we did need another guy. But, uh, you know, um, when it came back as a goaltender, I was like, you know, Jesus Christ, what do we do here now? <laughs> oh. Okay, well, thanks, Wayne. We just wanted a soundbite, just just so I wanted to make sure people that uh, I'm not lying that I made a phone call like that. Okay, thank you very much. And yeah, I'll, I'll no, you... that's a, that's awesome. Hope all's well. Okay, I'll give you a shout in about 23 years from now. Then you take care. Yeah, right on. All right, <laughs> thanks, Gal. Take care, bye. Bye, bye, bye.